Between the years of 1968 and 1977, over 550 preschoolers were each placed into a room with only a chair and a table. And on that table sat one glorious, sweet-tasting marshmallow. Each child was given the option to eat the treat, or if they could wait for an unspecified amount of time, would receive another two marshmallows. The reactions were captured, and these same children were monitored many years thereafter. And the implications of this self-control experiment are quite interesting. But I'm wondering, would you have been able to hold out for more marshmallows? Find out why delayed gratification may matter to managing your money. Today on Finn Wisdom. Hello, and thank you for joining me today on Finn Wisdom. I'm your host, Joel, and I cannot wait to dive into today's episode, which is entitled Early Temptations. I've always been fascinated by this marshmallow test and its predictive implications for many years, and we're going to get into the details shortly. But I'd like to set the stage first. If you had the opportunity to watch the animated intro video that's posted to finwisdom.com, You've heard me talk about how hard it is to change behavior, and that takes willpower and your ability to exert self-restraint. And this willpower connects to the concept and benefits of delayed gratification, like saving up for something that you've always wanted or establishing a long-term investment strategy. In essence, you're holding out for something better or something promised or even a commitment with the belief that doing so will earn you a specific reward. And delayed gratification is more than an indicator of one's ability to attain long-term goals. It also helps build empathy, listening skills, and patience, which are essential ingredients in forging positive relationships. And what I'd like to do is help you forge a more positive relationship with your money. If you choose to conduct research of your own and search the web about delayed gratification, you'll find an overwhelming number of links and references to Walter Michel and his colleagues' groundbreaking study of the marshmallow test that was conducted in the early 70s. Walter's intent was to determine if there was a correlation to how long a preschooler would wait for a marshmallow and how that could help predict any long-term consequential life outcomes. Please note that the lead-in and description that was used in today's episode was one of several experiments. Other experiments included different types of stimuli and props available for distractors to help with avoiding these temptations. To be specific, the children were tempted by a reward. An instructor introduced them to this reward, And if they could hold out for 15 minutes while the instructor was away, they would double the reward. If temptation was too great, they could have what was given to them and notify the instructor of their decision by ringing a bell that was also on the table in front of them. So the intent of this research was to create conditions that facilitate self-control, determine what undermines it, and potentially help those who show deficiencies in it perhaps ways to escape from being victims of this behavior. The study was also repeated in the 80s and 90s, where the preschoolers were tracked through their adolescence to their early adulthood. 
What was pivotal to the research was this concept of our hot system, which feeds immediate rewards, versus our cool system, that permits us to delay rewards. It's important to state that one is not necessarily better than the other. Both are necessary. The hot cognition is often automatic, rapid, and led by our emotions, such as jumping out of the way of a car that has accidentally veered in your direction or comforting someone who's sad or laughing at a joke. The cold cognition is often considered independent from your emotional thinking and is normally associated with logic and critical thinking, such as weighing probabilities and outcomes based on known facts. We often think it's desirable to be cold cognitive thinkers, but be wary. Those are often deemed as no gain or loss by achieving whatever that particular task is, which means that there's a lack of feelings toward the results and could also lead to a lack of empathy too. It is what really troubles me when I hear the media and advice trying to convince you to take the emotions out of your decision-making process. In the end, all decisions have an emotional element in them. So are you curious to know what the findings were? We'll answer that after a word from our sponsor. This is the part of the podcast where I would be discussing the benefits of my sponsor's products or services. So... If you, your organization, or someone else you know may benefit from sponsorship, please visit finwisdom.com and let me know. That's F-I-N-W-I-Z-D-O-M.com. That said, and although I may not have any paying sponsors at this time, I want to thank all my listeners out there who have advocated for FinWisdom in terms of positive reactions, repostings, and sharing of the program with others. I am grateful for your support, and I thank you. Welcome back to the program. Before we get to the results of the marshmallow test, I need to take a slight detour because there's this underlying component to delayed gratification that I feel is often missed in research and articles about the subject matter, and that's trust. Whether that's trust in the promise made by a person, by an organization, or to yourself, the pursuit of your desire to delay gratification is tethered to trust and the belief that what you can achieve tomorrow is better than what you have today if you can wait. We marry trust to delay gratification in so many ways. It's when we expect someone or something to arrive on time. When we trust that the quality of a product or service bought online or in a brick-and-mortar store the trust we have in the reliability of public transportation or counting on public services to clean the roads after a major winter storm. And speaking of marriages, that's my spouse expecting me to pick up her favorite pint of vanilla ice cream at the grocery store. And let me tell you, that's a marriage breaker if I fail at that trusted task. Okay, I think it's time we talk about the results of the marshmallow test. One additional aspect around the test is that in later repeated studies, the preschoolers were evaluated 12 years later when they were in their 20s. It may not surprise you by now that those innocent young children who were able to hold out and not eat that tasty little morsel that was in front of them all those years ago, exhibited as adults more self-control in frustrating situations, yielded less to temptation, were able to hold their concentration 
obtain a higher education, were deemed more intelligent, self-reliant, confident, and trusted their own judgment. In addition, those who delayed gratification scored higher when it came to planning and staying the course when pursuing their goals. I would gather that translates into improved financial decision-making and outcomes as well. To be fair and balanced in these results, I must make mention that there has been more recent research conducted that has tempted to poke holes in the marshmallow test. As an example, a study that was published in Psychological Science back in May of 2018 discusses research carried out by professors from NYU and UCLA and found that there is another facet that needs to be considered in terms of one's ability to delay gratification, and that's one's social and economic background, which may include the makeup of one's household, income, and educational levels. And some children have had previous experience with adults who don't keep their word. Liar. Some kids have learned painful, worldly lessons and have experienced adults who either fail to keep promises or have experiences where there's a lack of fairness and that if you have something good, someone may end up taking it away if you wait. And sometimes these feelings of mistrust can last throughout our lifetime. So now you know why I took that detour earlier to discuss the value of trust in association with delayed gratification. This also leads me to the concept of over-promissory statements and expectations. You may have heard arguments such as taking ginseng to improve your memory or to take vitamin C to avoid a cold or if you walk 10,000 steps a day, you'll lose the weight. The key phrase that needs insertion in all of this is the term helps you. Ginseng helps you improve your memory. Vitamin C helps you avoid a cold. And when I started walking 10,000 steps a day, it helped me lose the weight. But it was not walking the steps alone. It was a combination of other factors, such as improved diet and exercising more as well. So, when we look at delayed gratification, it does not necessarily mean, as an example, that if you invest your money today instead of satisfying some more immediate reward, that you'll definitely reach your retirement goals, but it can help to be one of several contributing factors. Now, all that being said, I would definitely not discount the value of any foundational study. Anyone who is familiar with conducting research knows also the fewer variables you enter into the equation, the more likely you are able to find your conclusions useful. And the marshmallow test has some useful and valuable conclusions. With expectations established, let's get into the benefits of delayed gratification where it can be a force of good for you and your money. This includes the probabilities of saving more and borrowing less such as planning to buy those new clothes or a new phone versus leveraging credit card debt. The ability to find the right balance of cost and benefit when it comes to funding education or buying a new home. And the ability to generate a nice nest egg for retirement. It may also be the purpose behind buying a life insurance policy or even an annuity. Okay, I have to take a pause here. Because annuities are a misunderstood financial product out there for the benefit of your retirement. They may or may not be the right thing for you and there are various types too that depend on your individual financial objectives and your goals. But I want to help you understand what they are so you can make an informed decision about them. 
Annuities are normally a guarantee by a financial institution to promise to provide an often fixed payout for a specific period of time or for the rest of your life. They're based on the purchase price of the annuity and your own life expectancy. First and foremost, they are not an investment. They are a purchase. From a time and investment perspective, you may make more from investing in the market, but it's the wrong psychology being applied. Investing is often part of the accumulation phase of your lifetime, whereas the annuity is concerned with the income distribution period or retirement phase of your life. They are apples and oranges. One is for accumulating wealth, whereas the annuities are all about establishing guaranteed income streams. Let me further illustrate this to further drive this home. We all pay Social Security taxes, right? You see it on your pay stubs and W-2s. But ask yourself, do you know how much you have paid into Social Security over the year, or even a lifetime of work? Have you ever thought what you could do with that money if you invested it into the market? Probably not. Why? Because what is Social Security to you? It's the money the government is going to pay me monthly when I retire. You don't look at it in terms of wealth building. You look at it as retirement income. Folks, Social Security is probably one of the largest annuity programs in the world. I truly apologize for deviating so far from today's program, but I felt compelled to explain annuities. So let's get back to the concept of delayed gratification and how you can harness its power after this word from our sponsor. I want to use this sponsor spot to promote a podcast I was introduced to recently. It's about greyhounds. No, not greyhound buses. I'm talking about those beautiful, sleek, athletic canines often associated with dog racing. Jacqueline, the host of the podcast series aptly named About Greys, she focuses on everything you ever wanted to know regarding these wonderful pets. There are over 80 episodes so far, and you're probably thinking, holy cow, is there that much to talk about these beautiful creatures? The answer is most definitely yes. I listened to the first few episodes, but here's the thing. I don't own a greyhound. I don't even own a dog. And yet, I have found the podcast entertaining and informative. Now, Jacqueline did not ask me to promote her podcast, nor was she aware I'm plugging it, but she is a big fan of mine, and she has made me a fan of hers, so I hope you check it out and visit aboutgrays.com. Let's wrap up today's episode with some useful tips on how to build delayed gratification. Number one, try to avoid overexposure to the actual reward. So please, stop revisiting those websites daily where you know you want to buy that new pair of pants or phone. However, a basic image or reminder of a reward to illustrate what you will get if you wait can be beneficial. In the marshmallow test, preschoolers fared twice as better when they were exposed to a picture of the reward in front of them as a reminder. So if you're trying to save for that vacation in Tahiti, Go ahead, put up that picture of the island on your refrigerator as a daily, simple reminder to curb the frivolous spending. It works. This next one's really important. Have more than one strategy for known situations or desires of temptation. It was found that those who understood strategies on how to delay gratification 
we're able to wait longer. What's important to note is it is not if you will be tempted, but getting into the mindset of when you will be tempted that triggers appropriate planning to curb temptations. I found this very prevalent in Homer's epic classic, The Odyssey. For those who may be unfamiliar or just a refresher, it's about Odysseus, a king who presided over a small island in Greece named Ithaca. He sets off to sea to fight in the Trojan War, but he and his crew face many temptations. Some that they were able to overcome, and some they just simply could not resist. But one of the most well-known temptations in the Odyssey was when they had to overcome the wooing of the sirens that were of many of men their doom. These were enchanting mermaids who lured nearby sailors with their music and singing voices with having to cause shipwrecks on the rocky coast of the island of which they presided. Now knowing of the potential temptations, Odysseus had a strategy to overcome the lure of the sirens. He had his crew plug their ears with beeswax and tied him to the ship so he could not be wooed by the siren song. The Odyssey is riddled with so many learning lessons about willpower and delayed gratification that I could not resist. And that's a pun intended. I promise, that was the last detour of today's podcast. So let's get back to the tips. So next one is to focus on the greater outcome versus the immediate experience. Going back to the marshmallow test, if you focus on anticipating the chewy, sweet taste of the marshmallow versus the accumulation or improved outcome of the reward, chances are your willpower will cave. Better to focus on the potential for measured results than the immediate gratification. Another way to deal with temptations is to imagine how someone reasonable would behave. Interesting enough, if you envision having to choose for someone else in a similar situation, you are more readily to select delayed gratification as you would choose for yourself. There are times we already subconsciously do this in situations where we are at crossroads and think of someone we look up to as a role model and say, what would our hero do in this situation? Transferring the decision from your perspective to someone else's can help you avoid that immediate temptation. Another useful tip comes from episode two of this season. I spoke about budgeting and mental accounting. If there's something that desirable you wish to attain, make sure to add it to the appropriate budget to give it a longer term perspective. This will force you to stash money away on a periodical basis for that purpose. And thereby, you would be reducing your spending money bucket accordingly. To learn more, go back and take a listen in. Lastly, I found a great way of moving your hot responses to cool responses, and that's by taking short-term rewards and thinking and putting them into a future reward instead. You'll be able to see more clearly the monetary impact. I think this really requires an example. Do you have a digital subscription to an online publication or streaming video, perhaps? Often the seller of services will offer an affordable pitch such as, for as little as $3.33 a day, you'll gain access to over 500 channels to explore movies, TV, shows, and more. Ooh, where do I sign up? But annualize that expense and ask yourself, do you feel any hesitation giving up $1,200 a year? Oh, and that's not including taxes and fees. In reality, it's the same dollars and cents. But looking at the immediate reward with a future lens can help you cool your response. If you're a regular Fin Wisdom listener, 
You know by now this is the point where I reveal the overarching theme of today's episode, and in this case, it's that early temptations predict future expectations. And, if I had to confess, especially with the sweet tooth I have, I fear that I would have failed the marshmallow test as a preschooler. It's probably what has driven me to focus on behavioral economics and that led me to a career of helping people like you improve their financial literacy. As a copyright reminder, written permission is required to use any of the content shared. Any views expressed are my own and are not the opinion of any entity unless otherwise mentioned during the program. And since we are critical thinking creatures, these opinions are subject to change. For financial advice, consider consulting a licensed financial professional. And make sure to watch your inbox for the next exciting episode of Fin Wisdom.